But if every person woke up every day knowing who they are as a child of God with an understanding of mind, body, spirit, all working together to become the person that I'm destined to be. If everybody was on that page every day, I think we'd be making a lot of progress. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Way Podcast, Mind, Body, and Spirit. The Way is a community of believers established with the sole purpose of serving others. I will be your host, Doug Sauer, and each week we bring in key leaders of The Way to discuss healing of the mind, body, and spirit through the Lord Jesus Christ. All the members of The Way want to sincerely say thank you for listening each week and look forward to building a strong, positive, faith-based community together with you. And so, without further ado, let's join in this week's episode. How's it going, everyone? And welcome back to The Way Podcast. I am your host, Doug Sauer. And today we have back on the show, Father Mitch Doyen and Sheila Mahler. How are we doing today? Doing well, Doug. Thanks for having us. So, it seems like here in the St. Louis area, well, I guess all over the world right now, there's a lot of violence and confusion going on. It seems just even in the streets here in St. Louis are just kind of out of control. It's not either one side or the other side. It just seems like the whole world is just angry at whatever. It just seems like one person's angry and over one thing and the other person's angry over... It just seems like there's a lot of misdirected anger. Doug, I think two years ago when Sheila began praying about and gathering folks to become the way with the retreats and days of reflection, you know, it started as a pretty specific response to, you know, especially mothers that were trying to deal with young children in their homes and how to sustain a spiritual life and stay healthy, which is really has been a beautiful center of the way, mind, body, spirit, and probably At that time, Sheila, we would have had no way of realizing what our community would be experiencing now and how important the way is in terms of a larger horizon. I think when you look at the circumstances, one thing we know from Jesus and even before Jesus, but especially Jesus and, you know, the heroes that we can look at in more recent times like Gandhi or Martin Luther King Jr., violence is never the answer. And yet, our anger is looking for a way to be expressed. And without taking a deep breath in my own life and integrating mind, body, spirit, and opening my life to something bigger than me, you know, we're all vulnerable to just getting so mad and so frustrated that we just shake our fist or use our fist. And it's sad every time it happens. And it's just evidence of an unhealed wound in each one of us and an unhealed wound in our culture and in our whole world, really. So that makes the mission of the way ever more important. I can definitely like agree with you right there, because when I was growing up, violence was always the answer, like to everything that I did, just like my whole life. Everything was just extreme anger and extreme violence, like constantly. And you're you're completely right. Like ever since that I had started, you know, into this group and then into Exodus with you, I got a whole different 
mindset in the world. And, and I can see where people, it's so easy, you know, because I was there at one time to where it's mm-hmm. like so built up, you're going to snap at any moment. I think it's, this program is just, you know, just absolutely helps people in a big way. Sure. Yeah, violence is really celebrated in our culture so much in ways that we don't, you know, really think about it until it, it erupts and, you know, into clear damaging violence toward other people. But everything about our culture is violent. <laughs> you know, the movies and the music and everything about our culture, we really don't have a problem with violence as long as it's contained to business or sports or, you know, getting ahead or getting what you want. But we really do promote violence in our culture, in all parts of our culture, really. And, and probably the biggest root one that we need to struggle with the most is the violence that we feel towards our own selves. You know, how much self-hatred is in every socioeconomic part of our culture. There is so much self-loathing and self-hatred, which is violent. You know, it is violent. And like you said, Father Mitch, you know, when you don't recognize that or take a moment to have a little compassion for yourself and look at who you really are, but you're just swimming in that personal self-hatred, violence is a really simple next step. Right. And rather than really pay closer attention to the pain that I might be experiencing in my life or the healing that's needed in my life, it ends up being easier just to project it, to spew it out onto the world, even if that means causing harm to others. You know, then we try and justify it as righteous anger and it never works. But in the moment, somehow it feels like we're calming our own nerves, even though in the long run, it doesn't work at all. I guess I'm mindful of that scene in the Garden of Gethsemane, and I wonder how many times we've heard it in one of the scenes. Peter takes out his sword and he slices the ear of the Roman guard, you know, and Jesus says, stop, right? Immediately, he says, stop the violence, and then he heals the man's ear. But how often have we thought, well, they're about to unjustly arrest Jesus. Of course, like even when Jesus is saying, stop, we're kind of like, oh, Jesus, can't you just let him use his sword one time? Well, no. The answer is no. And yet, we get it. We can't know each person's pain or why they're choosing violence. But at a deep level, we know that that is a possibility for all of us. So then the work that we do together is how can we bring an end to all of the violence and truly bring peace? And I think that's the way. It's not as simple as I'm going to make this sound. But if every person woke up every day knowing who they are as a child of God with an understanding of mind, body, spirit, all working together to become the person that I'm destined to be. If everybody was on that page every day, I think we'd be making a lot of progress. And yet, sometimes we live in our head and all I have is my mind. And that's how I try and control the world. Or I try and do everything with this. And my body is all that I know. Or my spirit, and maybe folks that are closer to spirit, but not connected to body and mind, maybe they isolate and they're not available in relationship. There's all kinds of ways to not be integrated, but to do the work of integration is what keeps us on the way. We were just in in the Ozark. We went to this museum that had a lot of Indian, you know, just different artifacts and things and a lot of quotes by Indian chiefs. I got to read this one to you. It's amazing. It says, I do not think the measure of a civilization is how tall its buildings of concrete are, but rather how well its people have learned to relate to their environment and fellow man. And that's yeah. from Sun Bear of the Chippewa tribe. We really still could be learning lessons from wise people. <laughs> right. <laughs> from years right. and years and years ago, there's lessons for right now. Yeah. Sure. Father Mitch, you wanted to talk a little bit about men's work. 
Well, I guess just in my own experience, I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast, but it was 20, 25 years ago, I was kind of a lost soul. I was making my way and doing what I thought was best, but clearly it wasn't. I was becoming less healthy and less happy. And a buddy of mine, a friend that I respect, recommended that I go on a men's retreat. And I did. And I found that that was a beginning, a beginning of some hard work for me. And here's the funny thing. I didn't realize that it was the beginning of hard work. I thought, oh, now I'm okay. Well, it wasn't that easy. Some folks are familiar with Robert Moore and Douglas Gillette. They wrote that book in the 80s called uh, King, Warrior, Magician, Lover, and kind of invited men to uh, step into their lives as husbands, as fathers, as hardworking men. And they specifically wanted to avoid attaching it to any organized religion. So this retreat I went on was clearly not Catholic in its roots, but it was human. Human formation is so important. And it was this work of integration. How do I love the Lord with all my mind, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength? How do I bring my whole self into relationship with myself, with others, and with God? And it just clicked for me on that retreat. And then I, you know, since then I've done more reading and more of that work. It was an invitation for men to just, you know, be together and in a safe space say, yeah, I'm really angry. And all the ways that I've tried to express my anger have just gotten me into trouble. And how am I going to do this? How am I going to honor my rage against the night or against my own father or against the world? Whatever it is, how am I going to honor that? for what it is, and then somehow bring healing. And the way to do that is to involve those other pieces. You know, we're not just warriors, right? A warrior who really understands his mission has to also be a person with mind and heart. So the lover, the king, the warrior, and the magician all need to work together. I think some men appreciate those images of king, warrior, magician, lover, because it's not Christ and Mary and and the saints, although it's very much the same. The work of being an integrated human person, it's the work of becoming a human person. So I understand it deeply in the Catholic tradition, but other men come to it from other ways. And probably, Doug, you're probably familiar with this hard 75 and like we just did Exodus 90. There's all kinds of opportunities to uh, lead a disciplined life. And I think it's all hints of what the Catholic tradition invites us to in terms of prayer, integrating mind, body, and spirit. Has, yeah. it, has it always been like that? Or do you feel like it's stronger now? Do you think it's because of more technology that we're able to connect maybe more with each well, other? I, I think there's definitely hope on the horizon. You know, you can look at it in terms of big pictures. Like Since the Industrial Revolution, technology has been advancing so fast, and we haven't been able to keep up with it. And I'm a man, so I'm talking about men's work, and the role of man in society is evolving in a way that you know we couldn't have predicted 500 years ago. And I think the same is true for women. And maybe our cultures are throughout the world are developing so quickly and trying to respond to technology at such a rapid pace, and there's a risk of losing our soul along the way. Mm-hmm. That's why I keep saying this work that Sheila and the women are doing in the way is so vital. It's a big contribution. Because it's inviting people to understand what it means to live in this world and also to trust deeply that we're children of God. And there's a way to walk as a child of God in this world. 
Yeah. That's interesting that you said that in the men's work that everyone, uh, a big part of what they talk about is anger and rage and that kind of men maybe all can resonate with that. Is that true, Father Miss? I think generally speaking, most men yeah. have an unnamed rage in their heart that needs to be healed. Yeah. And what we've been finding a lot with the retreats, and I'm sure other people have found the same thing, is that women, we have this like really heavy rock of not being good enough or not working mm-hmm. hard enough or not doing enough, you know, that we've, no matter what we try to become or what we try to do with ourselves or what we try to do for other people, it's never enough. And that not being enough might kind of equate with the rage that is in men's work. You know, the truth is that's the core lie <laughs> that we're all buying. And uh, that, right. would, that would sort of make sense why, you know, Facebook is this whole like beautiful array of all the amazing things that women are doing. And, and there's so much anger in the, in the world. I mean, that's, it's really our biggest wound. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's one side or, or other. I think that everyone struggles with the exact same thing. You know, everybody gets angry. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. everybody does. And you're speaking about Father Mitch hard work. Exodus was beyond hard work for me. And then I did see mm-hmm. that hard 75 that you were talking about, just read over it. And I was like, wow, that's really intense. Because the one thing, I know this is going to sound kind of weird, but well, not the one thing. One of the things that after completing the program was I'm actually able to listen to music again because there was a long time uh-huh. after my dad passed away that I couldn't just because it would just bring back mm-hmm. memories. And now, yeah. now I can enjoy music again and listen, you know, because music has always been my life. And mm-hmm. I read that and I was like, wait a minute, no music. I'm like, no. Because <laughs> I thought that was one of the things that were coming up for, you know, the group. I mean, is it? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I hope not. We're, supposed to lim- <laughs> we're supposed to eliminate technology, and along with that goes music. But some of the guys are compromising out of that. There's a lot to ask. Some guys are trading out. I they're, they're listening to music and doing more fasting or whatever. Yeah. Sure. The whole point of it is for a human person to continue growing, we need to get outside of ourselves. We need to stretch. We need to sacrifice. That's natural to the human person. Just like we talk about movement that's natural. There's also a human psyche that has a natural way of moving in the world. And if we pay attention to that, we can find freedom. We can find peace. We can find a greater capacity to love. We can risk more. I think we have a lot of evidence that this works, that it's successful in people's lives and for the world. It's just a matter of encouraging one another to take those risks. Can I quote Mary? Like one of the most controversial figures in all of human history, but her prayer at the beginning of Luke's gospel is so powerful. There's a reason that the church prays Mary's canticle. It's called the Magnificat because that's the Latin word for my soul magnifies the Lord, the first line of the prayer. But we pray it every evening in part because Mary's our mother. She's the mother of God. She brought Jesus into the world, all of that. But also because the words themselves are about freedom, right? So when Mary says, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, my soul magnifies the Lord, that's all that the human soul knows how to do. And our soul is not like our heart in one part of our body, or it's not just in our gut. I mean, our soul kind of fills every ounce of our being. And our soul has come into the world from God and is animated in this body, which is also very important. So we can take her prayer as our own and just know that 
no matter what I'm experiencing, my soul is proclaiming the greatness of God because that's all that my soul knows how to do. And then the whole work of living in this world is to bring everything else in line with that. She says, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. That's the truth of the human person. And then she talks about, I think I take it this way, and, and I might be going beyond what the some of the scripture scholars have said, but the rest of the prayer, she kind of says, well, here's what it's like in the world then. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And here's how God is going to save us. He's going to scatter the proud in their inmost hearts. He's going to scatter the proud in their conceit, some say. That's the heart, huh? the, the desires of the human heart that might not always be aligned with God's will or what's best for us or what's fair to others, right? He scatters that. He casts down the mighty from their thrones. So all of the energy that we put into controlling our environment, other people, manipulating one another, judging one another, the mind has a way of acting like God, even though we know we're not. And the Lord just casts down the mighty from all those thrones, right? And then while he nourishes the hungry, the rich are sent empty away. So rich, so that would be all of our greeds, all of our, like gluttony would be one, you know, seeking after inordinate wealth, all of those things serve no purpose. So the Lord heals us of all those out of balance energies <laughs> so that we can bring our soul, our spirit, our mind, body, our heart all in alignment, right? That's the prayer we pray every day. It's on Mary's lips. We know that it's true of her. We also know through the death and resurrection of her son, Jesus, that it's absolutely true for each one of us. And how many of us have heard that prayer and say, well, that's easy for Mary to say. I'm an idiot, right? Or I, I could never do it. No, it's there for us. God loves us that much. Which is extremely hard. It's, right. To me, it's very hard just to do everything that you just said. I think it's hard for a lot of people, and I think maybe this podcast will help people understand a little bit better. Sure. Oh, yeah. We just take one step each day, right? Even if it's one step back, it's still with the Lord, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you just touched on, you know, understanding your mission. I shared, I think in the last podcast with Lisa, that I, I still am like struggling with trying to figure out where God is actually leading me. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to get back into my head again, and I need to not. Right. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going on. My mind is stirring again. I don't know really what it is. I like the uncertainty sometimes, you know, because it's a challenge. But right. <laughs> the other hand, it's, it's just kind of like, bring it to my brain just so I know. You know? Right. But, but right. Maybe, maybe I'm already doing it and I don't even know it. So just mm -hmm. being patient, is, I think, is, is the key. Exactly. And have compassion think, on your own soul. Yeah. I was just going to say compassion is a great key. And then I love what Matthew Kelly says. You know, you just do the next right thing that's right in front of you. You know, instead of expecting it to like buzzers and balloons to come from every corner, like, oh, you're the hundredth shopper. You finally figured it out. Or, you know, like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Here you are. Yeah. Right. It's never going to be that way. You know, you just, you do the next right thing. And then you look back on a life well lived rather than you know, mm -hmm. trying to get to some Hollywood, like, hey, I figured it out. <laughs> I know what right. I'm supposed to do now. Yeah. Right. And I wasn't really talking in that aspect, like mm -hmm. fame or anything like that. I was just 
just saying just in general, you know, it's just kind of like I feel like I'm floating around in space still. I mean, I know how you feel too. I like what I meant was I think we all expect when we're on the right path for there to be some kind of a a road sign, (laughs) some kind of a, some kind, something telling us that we're on the right path, but it's usually not that way. I mean, it's usually you just do the next right thing. You do your examination of conscience maybe at nighttime to make Mm -hmm. sure that you're not throughout the day making tons of bad choices, but you just do the next right thing that you can do, you know, and look right in your little circle at who needs help or who needs you, you know, or what Mm -hmm. God's putting in your. Yeah. I look in the mirror. I don't have to look for a circle. (laughs) there you go (laughs) it's right there it's like what's wrong with you i think i've shared with you a couple of poems from hafiz over the time that we've been together but i began actually praying one of his little poems i know it's connected to mind body spirit but there's a line especially near the end that talks about how to have everything in our life in harmony right so it's called before the seed cracked open so it's uh, a little poem So it used to be when I awoke in the morning, I could with confidence ask, what am I going to do today? But that was before the seed cracked open. Now, Hafiz is certain. There are two of us housed in this body, doing the shopping together in the marketplace and tickling each other while fixing the evening meal. Now, when I awake, All the internal instruments play the same music. God, what love mischief can we do for the world today? Yeah, I found that poem like 15 years ago from Michael Mead. He got me turned on to Hafiz and Rumi. And uh, then I just, you know, would pick it up a couple times a year or use it in retreats and stuff. And then I realized, you know what, this is really important for me because the harmony, the internal instruments playing the same music. I've been resistant to that. Like I, my whole life has been a discordant note sometimes. I'm just stubborn. So now I actually pray that poem every morning, almost the first thing when I wake up. And it's been helpful for me more than anything else, just to relax and say, you know what? Every step I take today is going to be with God. Not just like I know God loves me, but like God is right here within me and he's enjoying my effort, right? So we can laugh and dance and deal with whatever's in front of us and know that we're going to have dinner together. There's something consoling about that. And I think part of what I try and preach as often as I can is people just relax. Like we can trust God's love for us. And from that, we can be less spiteful toward ourselves and each other. We cover imagination and new ways of healing. Uh, You know, like all these stories of violence and stuff, it's like, you know what? Instead of you know, punching one another. Why don't we just sit down and share a meal? Tell me your story. Who cares if St. Louis is in front of the art museum? What we care about is connecting with one another as human beings. I think that you really touched on something that I really agree with, that if we are in a constant state of, okay, what do I have to do next? And when am I going to get this done? And sort of trying to manipulate and control every minute in a day to be as productive as possible. What we find is that we run up against barriers over and over and over again. And it is not Mm -hmm. coincidental that when we are willing to be open to the will of God and not so completely structure our day so that there's no opportunity for any creativity to creep in, then we're less productive. I mean, I think that's a hard thing for people to understand, but 
If you're mm-hmm. willing to live your life like that, Hafiz poem, that does not right. mean that you're going to be a slacker and you're not going to get anything done. What it means right. is that you're going to be living in a state of flow, which some people mm-hmm. have said makes people 300 times more productive <laughs> than, yeah. than your That's typical 40-hour-a-week worker. You'll be living in a state mm-hmm. of flow, and you aren't going to be in charge of what gets done. But, oh, my goodness, what's going to get done with your just willingness to be open to God's will for each moment of your day? Just so you're saying, it's like I just mentioned earlier, it's, you're, you're saying it's patience. Is that, I yeah, think that's, I mean, it's, that's an incredibly important virtue, exactly. Yeah, it's definitely patience, you know, to live in a state to be open to God's will for your life, because what it basically means is that you're taking away your control of the timing. So that is a tricky one, which I guess that maybe that is the definition of patience, right? Yeah. You're just taking away your need or your ability to control the timing. Everything you want, God wants it for you. Yeah, that's a hard Every- one. How, how do you get anything done? <laughs> yeah. Well, you wake <laughs> up in the morning structure. and then you just do the next right thing. But you know, and you the know? next right thing is almost never turn the TV on and sit there for three hours. You get up in the morning and you do the very next right thing. Okay, well, first I have to take care of myself. I'll brush my teeth and do my daily grind. What's the next right thing? Like you're always open and then the right thing always coincides with your station in life. So if you're a dad, you know, taking care of your kids or whatever your role is in that is going to be the next right thing, you know. And and we'll learn as we go what works best for us. So like, you know, Sheila, I know exercise every day, even just like when we wake up, especially those of us who are a little older, you know, if our joints and everything are tight and we're kind of creaking when we start, well, if we take 15 or 20 minutes for some natural movement, you know, whether it's the DNS rosary or just a couple of exercises, when our body loosens up and feels more at home, then other things are easier, right? Yeah, you nailed it yeah, right productivity, there. Productivity and stress, strain, and worry, they don't go hand in hand. And I think it is the American way to complain about how much we have to do and how much we didn't get done. And it makes us feel important to say, you know, oh my gosh, my phone never stops ringing. And I have all this and this and I've got this and I have all these running around to do. And I've, you know, we, it's like the bragging rights. Yeah. <laughs> to just go on and on yeah. about how busy we are. I don't feel um, like that at yeah. all. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like that. Like I say I'm busy all the time, but I'm actually really busy. Not just to tell people that I'm busy. So. I'm not saying people are lying. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm like, I'm not lying. I'm not like, I'm really busy. I'm just saying that they're. <laughs> I mean, I'm super busy, but I'm not getting anywhere. Is what I'm telling you. Like, so how do you yeah. do all that without any structure and structuring your day? But I understand what you're saying. You know, you you start your day out the way that you need to, and like Father Mitch, there's no better way to start your day than with exercise and and you know a reflection or a prayer in the morning. Yeah. Those are the two things that I have taken away right. the most in the last six right. months. Because, yeah. you know, Monday, so, Wednesday, Friday, I work out with right. Sheila, but Tuesday, Thursday, I, I'm i not doing anything and I can tell. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned patience. Maybe another word is balance. Because, I mean, there's a reason that the way is mind, body, spirit. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, if I look back and I say, oh, wow, I, I really didn't pray today or I really didn't exercise today. It's not a matter of whatever else I did wasn't important, but it's trying to give some attention to mind, body and spirit each day so that health can be present in all three. And then together, it makes us way more available and successful in all the best ways. That's why I think, you know, Sheila, you have done an amazing job at creating this whole thing. 
retreats and, and just everything that you talk about, it's all right there. I mean, the evidence well, is clear. I didn't, I didn't really understand it that well. And Father Mitch read our agenda for the first retreat, and he was completely on board with the mission. And he was talking about things that we had not even thought of yet. Like, I think Father Mitch really understood the whole identity piece way before we did. Well, he was talking about it before we even knew what he meant. You know, really, honestly, I feel like God's got a definite plan for this, and it's all kind of unfolding mm-hmm. for all of us, you know. But identity, I didn't even understand the importance of it or how little I really knew about myself, you know, two years ago or three years ago. It's been a cool ride, honestly, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there wouldn't have been another way of, well, I'm not saying that like I'm arrived anywhere, but there isn't any other way of getting to know yourself than to take some time, you know, a pretty good amount of time and be willing to be patient, you know, and wait for God to kind of lead you to the next thing. Yeah, oh, I agree 100%. I can think about how many years I wasted being asleep at the wheel completely. You know, I mean, still go to church on Sunday and still take care of my kids and still always have always had a job and, you know, but just not really allowing myself to be directed by anything outside of myself or my husband. The idea of living for God's will, Mm -hmm. it wasn't really anything that was present in my mind until the last several years. Okay, we hope you enjoyed today's episode and was able to take away a little inspiration to add to your day. Make sure to connect with The Way on Facebook and Instagram at The Way Mind Body Spirit. The Way podcast is now available on all listening platforms where podcasts can be heard. So make sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll be notified each week when a new episode is released. Also, it would be greatly appreciated if you left us a five-star rating and positive review as that helps the podcast grow and, and reach more and more communities. And if you have a friend that you think may enjoy these shows, make sure and share it with them as well. So with all that said, we hope you all have a great day. We will talk to you soon. Cool. Thanks, Doug. Thanks a lot, Doug. God bless you.